Welcome back. That's insane. That's insane. Locker Room Ladies Season 3. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. We have big things coming in 2023. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Canes. Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. I am Charlotte Payne. I'm Maddie. You guys. Lots to discuss. Lots and lots, as always. We're kind of shifting gears here on the Locker Room Ladies podcast. We are, and well, actually, that's a lie. We said our last week's episode was literally called Nothing Bunt Baseball, and <laughs> Nothing Bunt More Baseball will be what we talk about today. But also, we have a little Part bit of two. football. We're going to throw it in there, a little bit of hockey. We got it mm-hmm. all for you. And next week, we'll talk even more football because the NFL draft is coming up. And Charlotte, you know how much I love the freaking NFL draft. I'm literally so excited. So before we get into all that, we have a very special locker room lady. And one locker room lady that I might go as far as to say is a kindred spirit with Miss Charlotte Payne over here because she joins her in her journey as a Yankees fan. So let's get into it, Charlotte. Let's introduce our locker room lady, Kate Menescalco. Kate Menescalco appeared on our social media feeds this week, last week. I think it was Uh, Talking Yanks. Yes, Talking Yanks reposted her, and apparently she's been – very popular on TikTok, but I haven't seen her on TikTok until now. So thank you, Talking Yanks, for the exposure. And that's how we found uh, Kate. But Talking Kate, I'm ready to talk Kate. Her, so sorry, was, wait, her at is Ask Kate. Yes, Ask Kate. Ask, so I have a couple like questions. A-S-K-K-A-I-T, if anyone wants to look her up. <laughs> yes, please do, because she's funny. If you go on her TikTok, she posts a lot and she gets tons of views. And she'll do this segment called Baseball for Baddies, where she'll break down basic baseball terms for those who want to learn and I love that that's amazing so that's a good place for you to go if you want to learn the basics but she'll also post funny things and she posted a couple weeks ago when the Yankees had 11 runs in a game she runs a mile for every run scored the night before by the Yankees so she had to do 11 miles if you watch the video she actually ends up doing 12 miles which is insane if I'm the Yankees If I'm Kate, I'm like, damn, I don't want these Yankees to score any runs. But that's because I don't like to run. To me, running is a punishment. Oh, I hate running. I hate it. But to Kate, um, all power to you, girl, because what what a way to get on the map here. Because now we're talking. If I played for the Yankees, I would be extra excited to score a run just so I can watch Kate run an extra mile the next day. Because it's actually super cute. So she's dedicated to this. Obviously, scoring 11 runs is a hardcore run for her the next day. But I love it also because it's like runs and she's running. That's cute. Yes, if you don't know what the term runs means, you should probably watch baseball for baddies on Kate's TikTok. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. cute. She actually works for a Yes Network, according to her Twitter and LinkedIn feeds. I think she's a production assistant. Charlotte and I did a little bit of in- internet sleuthing when we came across her social yeah. media profile. But super cool if you're interested in baseball at all or... If you're going on a date to a baseball game this summer or you're just having a girls night, you guys want to check out a baseball game and you want to learn a little bit more, you should definitely check out her page. She kind of breaks it all down and she has funny content for those who are more well-versed uh, and up-to-date on 
the latest baseball news. So super exciting. I think it's super fun to watch her content and she definitely gained two new followers in us. Absolutely. And I can't wait to reach out to her and see what she has to say because I'd love to pick her brain. We all know what it's like. Maddie and I both know what it's like to be a production assistant. It's a grind. So to do, to, to be a PA in the height of baseball season and to be so active in her content creation is admirable. So she's love a breath it. of fresh air in the baseball space and we love her and we are so Kate. excited to hopefully meet her one day. Yes. And Kate, if you're listening, welcome to the Locker Room Ladies Wall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Kate running a lot of miles for the Yankees, last <laughs> Thursday, Maddie, I'm sure she was laughing at this because she got a little break last Thursday. The Yankees only scored two runs in an 11-2 to loss against the Twins. So the opposite I, of what happened. Yeah. She she did it when they won 11-2 to and then they lost 11-2. Yeah. 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 So I'm sure that was a nice easy day for her. Uh I was at that game with my friends Emily and Jake, and we went. It was a beautiful night here in the Northeast. It was 80 degrees. It was a nice warm day. We were like, let's just go to the Yankee game, impromptu. It was my first of the season. We went. It was great. By the time we sat in our seats, we were down by like three. So that was annoying. But we're like, all right, it's a nice night. We're here at the game. You know, very chill vibes. It wasn't packed. It was a Thursday night game. You know how it goes. But, oh, my goodness, was it – I just don't know if I could ever go to a game again, although I'm going to one next <laughs> weekend. I am. Is it me? Am I the problem? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was not good. It was bad. <laughs> very, very bad. And Carton and Roberts, actually – my mom sent this to me. Carton and Roberts were talking about it the next morning on their show on The Fan, and they said that – if you were at that game, the Yankees should give you free tickets to go to a different one. And they were saying, of course, this happens. Teams get blown out. It happens. But this would be a unique way to say, hey, let me make it right by you. <laughs> I am with them. I'm down for that. But God knows I'll pay to go to a Yankee game. So Wait, I don't even have to bother. Charlotte, didn't they, didn't they like go down 9-0 in like the second inning or something crazy? No, it was the first inning. 9-0. Oh. They hadn't oh even God. had an opportunity to bat. God bless them. Oh, my God. Who was pitching? In, um, Brito, the new guy. And I was oh. like, I'm so excited to see this guy pitch. And I almost feel like I called negatively. I hate to ask this question, but I think I know the answer because it was in Yankee Stadium. But did he get booed? He didn't get booed, actually. <gasps> oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I think everybody was just kind of happy to be outside in the warm weather. Honestly, if this okay. were to happen a couple weeks later, when <gasps> or like know, in September, weather, yeah, <laughs> right. Then April, April baseball is like you can bounce back a little bit. But wow, yeah. that IKF okay. pitch, his debut <sighs> in the night. We had we were long gone by then. It was just a mess. I also didn't realize like how down bad the Yankees were in this game the night of. So, okay, for those of you who are just listening for the first time, hopefully, Kate, you're still here. Hi. Uh, I'm not a Yankees fan. Charlotte is. I root for the Mets and also the Pirates because I grew up in Pittsburgh. But I follow the Mets mostly. So that night I was actually texting Charlotte 
just about something else. I think actually podcast related. And I forgot I think it was she was podcast going to the game. Yeah. yeah, I forgot I'm Charlotte sorry. was going to. <laughs> I forgot Charlotte was going to the game that day, and I was texting her about something unrelated, and she was like, "Oh, sorry, just saw this. I'm at the Yankees game." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, I forgot. Like, how was it?" And I didn't even look. I hadn't like been bad. following that night. She was like, the game was so bad in all caps. But, you know, and I was like, oh, no worries. But I thought she just meant, like, they lost. And then I saw what actually happened. And I was like, oh, wait, she really did go to, like, yeah, their worst game of the season thus far. So, Charlotte, the Yankees, despite that unfortunate appearance that you got, you witnessed, they are still they're doing pretty well in this season. They have a good record so far. Not quite as good as their rivals down in Tampa, who we talked about last week. So the Rays, last time we, we spoke to you all, were going for that record for the most games to start this, the season undefeated. And the record was set by the 1982 Braves and the 1987 Brewers, and it's 13 games won without losing. And the Rays did tie the record. They won their 13th game before losing one. And they were going for that 14th, but they couldn't quite seal the deal. And they did lose the 14th game of the season. So they went 13-0, but they couldn't break the record. So they tied it. Super cool. It hasn't happened since the 80s. I was rooting for them to break it, though. Well, the, thankfully, as a Yankee fan, they are all, the Yankees are only four games back, tied with the Blue Jays, who they're going to be facing this weekend. So I think, Maddie, this weekend is going to be very telling of this um, American League East division Ooh. and what is going to happen. But it's not all bad for the Yankees. Um, unfortunately for me, I didn't get to go to the the game on last, thir- last Thursday's game. Uh, unfortunately, Volpe hit his first home run in the next game, the following Uh-oh. day. But I think this is a little bit silly. It's been going around the internet. John Sterling's call for his first home run. Of course, we know John Sterling, iconic announcer for the Yankees. He, you know, he, every single first home run is a big deal for him. And he always has the most iconic call. For Volpe, he's, you know, stirred up a little funny banter on the internet. People were saying, let's get a translator out for this one. He said, that ball is high. It is far. It is gone. That's the formula you know, for the beginning of his calls. Okay. We always hear this. <laughs> then he said, Anthony Volpe's first home run in the major leagues. Anthony Volpe, spectacular old The Fox Sox won to left and the Yankees take an immediate one nothing lead. Everybody's saying, what the hell did John Sterling just say? Apparently, Volpe means Fox in Italian. Okay. Let me translate it. Spectacular old G means putting on a show today when you translate it from Italian. Okay. Volpe has Italian ties on his father's (laughs) side. So I thought that was a cute little play. Quick, you know, witted John Sterling. I would expect nothing less. And we decided here on the Locker Room Ladies podcast to take a deeper dive into the first home run call. Uh, For Giancarlo Stanton, he took a little nod to his heritage when he said, uh, it is high, it is far, it is gone. In his first Yankees at bat, Giancarlo, no say quote. De Stapangelo. <laughs> I can't even get it out. I, uh, so that was a cute little play on words. Um, it is a Stantonian home run. Very cute. He did the, he did something similar for Odor in his first Yankees uh, home run. So it begs the question, Maddie, what do you think 
John Sterling would say for your first home run call? Oh my goodness. Well, that's a good question. I'm super on the spot for this. I do have a follow-up question regarding John Sterling's calling because Mm -hmm. you're the expert, clearly. Uh, For me, I think, first of all, he would be very, very surprised that I was even able to make contact. (laughs) So I think it would be pretty, pretty... I don't think it would be that ball is high and as far as gone though, because I don't think it would be any of the three. Okay, I think I think I would have to hit like a rare inside the park home run <laughs> on some Ooh. sort of like crazy. Like it, it wouldn't have been like that's far gone. It would have to have been some crazy scenario that got me. That's to home inside. Play. It's really close. <laughs> <laughs> that's inside. It's really close. It's it's maybe gonna get picked up. I don't know what's going on here. Okay, she's <laughs> at home plate. That's what it would be for me. Uh, around, <laughs> I don't know, something along those lines. Well, thankfully for Maddie, although she is self-deprecating in her home run skill, <laughs> fortunately for you, John Sterling says it is high, it is far, it is gone, no matter where the hell the ball goes. So Okay. That was going to be my, so that was my follow-up question. Does he say that for every home run or every home run, like, that's a first home run for a Yankees player? Definitely the first home run. Definitely. Okay. But so he knows. Yeah, like he's ready every time Volpe gets up to bat. Like he's like, if this guy hits a home run, I'm going like that's high, it's far, it's gone. And then, I'm so sure. do you think in his head he's like already kind of planning what he's going to say? He did a little bit of research. He's like, okay, Volpe beats Fox. Like, is that what he's doing ahead of the time? He's, he has to. I'm sure. It can't just be on the fly, right? Yeah. Like that, I mean, that would be really impressive. And I'm sure some of it is, but. Oh, definitely. He has I to think- like, he's prepping for the first home run, right? I'm sure. And it okay. kind of reminds me of back in the NCAA tournament this year when FDU beat Purdue. Andrew Catalan had the great call of FDU believe it. And <laughs> it was just so good. And the whole truck was like, that was really good. And after that was a really good call. Like, did also, you think of that on the spot? Purdue, you believe it? That's not that's the other one. You that's the flip side of that one, you know? Okay. He had he had an that I was think, on the fly. <laughs> I'm sure it was on the fly, but I'm sure in the back of his head he had something I, I believe he had something else brewing in there, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But FDU believe it was pretty iconic, and so are all of John Sterling's calls. So I don't know, what would mine be? Something with my last name being Payne, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to be uh, like we're not in pain tonight or something like that yeah 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 that, it would have to be that or like she's bringing the pain bring to the, the other pain team or something yeah. like that yeah yeah they, it would have to be Yankees with that first at bat charlotte pain <laughs> i don't know i don't know okay anyway. well on that note another baseball segment for you guys okay this is something that we we have to discuss i we haven't talked about this beforehand a lot of times we know each other's opinions because we're texting throughout the week I kind of know what she's gonna say this is blind the news is some MLB teams have now decided to start selling beer through the eighth inning because the pitch clock has shortened games so they're losing like 20-30 minutes worth of alcohol sales which is in turn they're losing money however MLB historically has ended the sales at the end of the seventh inning, presumably so people could start to sober up before the end of the game so they could drive home. And normally that's a good amount of time because the game is so long. So 
Right. So now there's a controversy. So some people are hearing like, this is awesome. Eighth inning, like Brewers fans, I'm looking at you. People are excited in Wisconsin (laughs) for more beer drinking time. And on the flip side, there are other people who are really mad about it and are saying like, that's counterintuitive because the game's getting shorter. So you'd think that you would stop sales at the end of the sixth inning. So they have more time to sober up. Notably, Philly's pitcher, Matt Strom, is not happy about it. And that's kind of his his take on it is that it, it doesn't make sense just to sell beer longer because now you're going to send 20,000 fans that just finished drinking beers 20 minutes ago out to their cars in the parking lot to drive home. So Charlotte, what is your reaction to this? Because I, I have like an initial reaction, but then I have like thoughts on about, thoughts about it. But I want to hear yours. When I first saw the Brewers did it, I said to myself, that's so cool. (laughs) We're going to get beer for longer. Realistically, I'm not a heavy beer drinker. If I'm going to a game, I'm not going to be, I'm not in line waiting for like the last call. I just was thinking, okay, this is a fun little thing that they're doing. You know, the games are shorter and the games are much shorter. I don't know if it was a really bad game I went to or if the pitch clock was doing its job. They all seem a lot shorter. It's It's been yeah. really, I love the pitch clock. I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, there's definitely been some moments where it's been a little bit of a, uh, oh my gosh, that was such a crazy moment. I can't believe that that just turned a pitch to a strike on the third pitch and the guy's out now. Like there've been crazy moments like that. But in terms of like overall enjoyment of the game and speeding up the game, I think it's been a fantastic addition to baseball. Yes, huge fan. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I agree. At a game like the one I went to, I was thinking, I wish we had a little bit more time. (laughs) But and sometimes I do wish I had more time because I just have so much fun there. But that's just me being a little crazy. And I have all the time in the world when I'm sitting at a Yankee game. But I after I saw Matt Strom's comment on it, I wholeheartedly agree with him because you should not be selling beer 20 minutes before you're going to let all your all the fans go drive their car. And I was thinking about it in terms of other events. So let's say I'm not much of a concert goer. I don't, I haven't been to a concert in a long time, but if I'm at a concert, are they going to stop selling? Do they stop selling booze at a certain point? Like how do they regulate it? So is it just, all right, we trust you to stop drinking because you're driving. You just have to use common sense here. Or are they selling beer or are they stopping the sale of alcohol? How does that work? So I don't know the answer to that question, Charlotte, but I kind of have the same thought process as you is when I saw Matt Strom's reaction to it, I definitely was like, oh, wow, that's a good point. Okay, so as someone who typically does not drive myself to baseball games, if I'm going to a baseball game, I'm taking an Uber, I am getting a ride with someone, I'm taking the train, that is how I'm getting to a baseball game. I don't think I've ever gone to a baseball game that I have driven myself to. So in my head, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. We can drink longer. Love it. Okay, cool. But I also realize that I'm someone who I would consider myself responsible and that if I know I'm going to drink, I plan to not have to drive home kind of thing. Right. Exactly. That's a good point. And there's a lot of people drinking. (laughs) I am not driving. I even some people will do a beer and you're totally like it is within your legal limits depending on the person to, you know, be under 0.08 or whatever it is. I don't even I get uncomfortable. I just you hear too many things. Dare like worked on me. I don't even. Right. Right. No, I agree. 
However, then I'm reading the comments on some of these posts that I'm seeing, you know, like people are posting it on all the accounts. And I see Milwaukee, I think, was the first team to announce that they were going to do this. And people were mad about it. And Milwaukee fans were like, oh, well, we know how to drink responsibly. And also, we don't get drink- drunk off three beers like you do in Vermont. So then that attitude, I'm like, okay, so these people don't even think that they're drunk. And then they're going to drive home. Like, I don't like that. And yeah. But there's also that, like, they're adults. You want them to, to make a responsible decision. And it's like... If they don't, if they stop selling beer earlier, are they going to just hike up the prices of everything in the stadium mm. because the games are shorter? Like, is that what's going to happen next? Are, so this is Pandora's box, man. I know it is Pandora's box, but I, I'm kind of on the side of like, let's just leave it at the seventh inning. Like, let's not move it back to the sixth. Let's not move it up to the eighth. Like seventh mm. inning, seventh inning stretch. You're kind of you're done. Like that's yeah. your last chance to get a beer. You're done. I think that's the best way to go about it. But I did I did think to myself, I've only been to a couple ballparks, but I'm thinking to myself, like, when I would go to a baseball game in Pittsburgh, we're getting there by car. I, I wouldn't usually drive myself, but I'm getting there by car and somehow. When I went to a Mets game in City Field, you take the seven line. Everyone's pretty much coming up out of that subway station together and getting back on after the game. So, yeah. I think it also depends geographically. So again, you're looking at the Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Brewers out in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Most people I would I would assume would be taking cars to and from the game. So I think it doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense to extend those those alcohol sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely I think you, you like you said it is kind of Pandora's box, but I, I agree with Mastrom. I think I don't think we yeah. should roll it back even earlier. I think like seventh inning, but I also think that there needs to be some marketing in terms of like let's really push drinking responsibly I think like you said Daryl worked on you and and we we know that but there are a lot of fans that you know maybe aren't thinking about what's happening after the game they just want to get their beer and enjoy it and then they'll figure it out later and and I think that that's important to kind of push that narrative that hey like if you're drinking you're not driving figure out a ride home. I really do think that some of the money that they make back off those beer sales should go towards marketing, sober, sober ride home, like stay sober, don't get pulled over. Yeah, Yeah, I think that, but um, it is a tricky situation, Charlotte. It is. It's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. I just kind of thought, I thought about it as black and white, like, yay, more beer. And then I thought about it as, wait a second, maybe isn't the, this isn't a good idea but is it really the team's obligation or the the stadium's obligation to make sure that you don't drink and drive no and, and it isn't but i also I think, so. think that you can't it's just it's like you see huh. stuff that happens and you're like oh my goodness like how are people that dumb or how would people do that or how could people but people do and so i do think that knowing that there are going to be people that aren't going to be responsible there's like a moral obligation. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. a lot of times, like if I think it's, it's like if, if, you, if a bar serves someone who's underage, for example, and then that person gets into something with the law or gets into an accident or whatever, the bar could be held responsible, right? For yeah. giving them the alcohol. Like there are rules like that. So I don't know how it works in terms of a ballpark, but I definitely think that the eighth inning is, is just 
not going to be a whole great. And if you look at statistics and if for whatever reason there were more car accidents or more drunk driving incidents after baseball games, then I think you would have to say, okay, this is obviously playing a part into it. Well, the same kind of goes to like, we could extend this across all sports. Like, should we just stop serving booze until the last 20 minutes of the game? But I feel like a lot of them do. I feel like most of them do. So at at what point is it too late? At what point is it? I just feel like in general, in a lot of sports also though, the last couple of minutes, like if I'm at a football game, those last, that last quarter, like you're not getting out of your seat. Yeah. Baseball is interesting because some, there are games where it could be really close, but also there's just like, you have the seventh inning stretch, you have more time, like Mm -hmm. now with the pitch clock, it's quicker. But usually during a baseball game, you could get out of your seat and you maybe only miss one batter. Yeah. I wonder, and I don't know because I don't go to enough NBA games, and I guess I'm at college basketball games, but I'm not drinking at them. How does it work in, in those games? Because those games are fast. When do they stop serving booze at NBA games? I don't know. I don't know, Charlotte. This is, like I said, this I is think, opening I up think a whole it world. Is, it is. <laughs> Bottom line. Bottom line. All for beer at the ballpark. But honestly, even if you've been drinking for the entire game through the seventh inning, you probably shouldn't drive home. And that's just my take on it. So I think good reminder to everyone. Let's just keep it at seven. And let's remember to drink responsibly. If you're planning to go out and have multiple drinks, plan a way to get home that doesn't involve you getting behind the wheel of a car. Let's just, let's, it's a great rule of thumb. Amen. Charlotte, you said amen, and you kind of, I don't know, you know, the A was a little emphasized there, and it got me thinking. Uh, You said amen, and it got me thinking, it reminded me of another thing baseball-related that I wanted to talk about, and that is the Oakland A's, Charlotte, Uh, or as I like to call them these days, the Oakland Triple A's. Burn. But but speaking of the Oakland A's... Speaking of the Oakland A's, so we had the last time the Oakland A's were in the locker room ladies headlines, if you will, was not for something that was going on on the field, something that was very much going on off the field. If you if you uh, remember correctly, I believe we were joking. uh, We were maybe calling them the Oakland O's during that episode because of something that was some extracurriculars that were happening up in the upper level of that stadium. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I think the episode title was Caught at the Ballpark. Yep. Yep. Just go listen. Just go back and listen. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't the... (laughs) The... 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 Maddie can't give us a warrior. Oh my gosh. Player, the the only, oh my the baseball gosh. players weren't the only ones reaching third base that day, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, moving yeah. forward. Other things okay. you probably shouldn't do at a ballpark. 100%. Just stop being animals, people. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Oakland A's, again, in the in the locker room ladies' newsroom for, for something else that doesn't <laughs> have to do with what's going on on the field. Their ballpark is – I haven't been there, so I can't say it's it's a dump, but I, I could say that it looks like, at least from TV and from 
eyewitness accounts, there could be some improvements made to this ballpark. Okay. All right. We're getting into architectural design now. Not even, not even. More like general maintenance. More like there, I just told people to not be animals. There are literal wild animals living inside the Oakland A's ballpark. And here's, here's what happened. So the Mets were in Oakland this past week and there, the Mets broadcast crew, I think it was just Ron and, and Gary. I think Keith was not, I don't know, he was, in the video that I watched, he wasn't there. So I think it was just Gary and Ron. They got to the ballpark, and normally they go to, like, the visitor's booth. Sure. But when they got there, they were like, well, you can't be in this booth. You have to go to this, like, makeshift booth that we have for you. That was very makeshift. Like, Ron literally had a pole in front of his like obscuring his view of the, of the game as he was calling the Things game. We do. And we do it was just like a cramped little situation, not where they normally set up at that ballpark. But apparently there's a possum that lives inside the visitor's broadcast booth at no the A's way. ballpark. And he made an appearance during like the, the, uh, the A's first home game. And or like home stretch or whatever. And then the A's were on the road for a few weeks and then came back. And the possum, I don't think that the possum was spotted again, but he left some evidence behind that he had been in the the broadcast booth. If you uh, get where I'm going with that. And apparently it smelled so bad in there that they were literally like, you cannot do the broadcast from this room because it smells so much like oh <laughs> like so bad so okay. listen I that's quite the story honestly possums are a little scary to look at they're not a cute and but I, what do you do like don't you think you just have someone come in there and be like hi like this is we're gonna relocate you to to a healthy safer home for all involved <laughs> Yes, I don't think that. I think they just know that it lives there. Maddie, a ballpark is no place for a possum. But so, funnily <laughs> enough, funnily, I hate funnily. that's such a weird word. Funnily, <laughs> no, I like that. Funnily let's, enough, let's, let's work with that. Funnily enough, funnily. Uh, after that game, the next day, I was watching the Mets game again, of course, because my boyfriend always has them on. And there were fans that had like stuffed possums. Oh, so this is a thing In now. the stand. I don't know. I feel like maybe now it's a thing. Should I didn't they? know about this possum until Ron and Gary, like, talked about this situation. But I don't know if it was, like, a well-known thing for people <sighs> in Oakland. Um, but, yeah, the A's seem to be struggling a bit. And I know I know what that's like as a, someone who's a Pirates fan. I know what it's like to be looking at your franchise. Like, <laughs> what are we doing with this? Like, what is going on here? So for the fans of Oakland, I do wish them the best. And I hope that (laughs) they make the changes that need to be made. But right now it is, things are not looking so bright over there in Oakland for baseball. Get rid of the the possums and bring in the hot dog cannons. And hot dog can't, right? Maybe that is what kind of like got the Pittsburgh Pirates on their their stretch right now. I'm kind of happy with the Pirates right now. So I don't know. Maybe it's due to the hot dog. The hot dog cannons, but no, those were around yeah. since I was like a kid, so definitely not. But I don't know, well, possums. Get rid of the possums. Maybe bring in some 
new players. I don't know, whatever they need to do to make changes, but That's maybe like funny. slap some paint on some of the areas of the stadium too, because just on TV, it doesn't look so, it's not uh, the most uh, no, beautiful it, ballpark I've ever seen. Well, I wonder though, is that storyline gold? The possum has sparked now this whole conversation. And let's say you're going into like a not so great matchup. What do you, what the hell are you going to talk about for two and a half, three hours? <laughs> Now we have this possum to keep going back to as the running joke of the day. I saw a headline as I Googled, was Googling pictures of this possum. Yahoo Sports headline, Mets broadcasters hilariously explain possum still at large. Still at large. Oh my gosh. So what if you're at this game and this possum just like pops up somewhere? I mean, we've seen animals. We've seen animals on the field. We've seen cats. We've seen squirrels. We've seen critters out there in baseball parks but i don't know if we've seen a possum i don't know if he has a name but they do call him the rally possum so rally possum so do they is this a thing like do they sell merch i'm in oh my goodness maddie we are unearthing so much right now 2015 article the rally possum catches athletics game from the outfield wall it is a picture of the possum in the outfield is this the same possum? How many years ago was this? Let's do math. Wait, this was almost 10 eight years ago. Years? The yeah, possum has oh been there for eight it years? It's a little baby. Do you think it's the same one? Wait, I kind of like this possum. Wait, story. how have they let this go for eight years? How are they just okay with it? I'm so confused. I think we need to take a field trip to open. Wait, can possums not, like, carry disease? Because I'm pretty sure they can't, like... What? I'm so confused by this. They just, they know that it's there wow. like for eight years. It's just like, it's the possum's house now. It is the possum's house now. That's incredible. I <laughs> I need a, I need to continue to follow the rally possum at the stadium in Oakland. All right. All right. Well, maybe yeah. we got to make a trip out there, Charlotte, and try to spot it for ourselves. Let's do it. Let's. Okay. Let's, let's get All there. All right. Very quickly, before we let you guys go, I know we've talked a lot of baseball, so hang with us. We're going to move on to hockey just for a little bit. I just have to give my reaction. So those of you who listened last week, if you listened all the way through, at the very end of the episode, I said I was going to go because I needed to watch the Penguins play against the Blackhawks, and I was hoping that they were going to have punched their ticket to the playoffs by this week. Unfortunately, that did not happen. It is the end of the era. The Pittsburgh Penguins had the longest running active playoff streak in North American sports going into this week or last week. And they had gone to the playoffs for 16 straight years. Wow. And they just missed the playoffs this season. So the last time the Penguins had missed the playoffs before this year I think I was nine, Charlotte. Isn't that crazy wow. to think about? So Maybe there was a po- – the possum was probably still around back then. <laughs> so I, I, I recognize that I, had been, I have been very spoiled growing up for mm. most of my life watching the Penguins in the playoffs. Like, you know, May hockey is something that's not new to me. So this definitely stung as someone uh-huh. who's, like, used to seeing my team play around this time. Seeing them get eliminated, it was pretty heartbreaking, especially with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang still 
the core three are still there. And I think last year around this time, maybe like a month later, because they did make the playoffs last year, we had this conversation. And I was kind of talking about like, could this be the end of an era for Pittsburgh? Are they going to lose Malkin and or Latang? And is it just going to be Crosby? They did end up getting everyone back. And unfortunately, now this one, they, they missed the playoffs. But I have a couple of thoughts on this. So I don't think it has anything to do with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. I think they, they all proved that they are still playing at a high caliber and have all three had amazing seasons. And I'm so happy that we brought them all back. I do think that if you're going to keep three starters that are over the age of 35, you need to have younger players surrounding them. You got to get the average down. The average needs to be under 30. Come on. You can't have all these guys. Like, I'm sorry. I loved when we got Jeff Carter, but the time has passed. We we chose we chose those three over 35. We got to go younger for the rest of the team. That being said, that's my advice to whoever takes over hockey operations because the next day after the season ended officially for the Penguins, they did cut ties with the president of hockey operations, Brian Burke, general manager Ron Hextall, and assistant general manager Chris Pryor. So as someone who has grown up with this being spoiled, watching the Penguins in the playoffs, but also on the Pirates side, pretty much watching a team struggle for my entire life, I am so happy to see this team uh, making these changes and looking at this season like they were one point away from making the playoffs and everyone on that team is saying, what a failure of a season. This is so heartbreaking. I can't believe we couldn't pull through. This is such a disaster. Like, they are down bad about it. And I, I'm i also down bad about it. And, like, I don't want the players to beat themselves up too much because I I know that they they tried their hardest. And it just it, that was just the way the dominoes fell. And it sucked. And there were some early losses in the season that really came back to bite us. But I love to see, like – they are not meeting the standard. Like the standard is so high for Pitts- for the Pittsburgh Penguins that yeah. not making the playoffs by one point is like a devastating season. And like so I feel, yeah. yeah, like I feel so lucky to root for a team like that. And I'm so excited to see that they're making Good those point. changes yeah. immediately. Like I'm excited. I still believe in Coach Sullivan. I think that he might need to adjust his system a little bit and definitely go for some younger players and shake up the roster a little bit. And those are some things that might happen and I hope happen, but I would love to see Sully stay in for at least another year or two just to see what we can do with this team. And I think we'll definitely be back. And I think that this was kind of a wake up call of these penguins. Like, Hey, just because you have Crosby doesn't mean you're going to make the playoffs every single year. It has meant that for more than a decade and a half, but all good things come to an end. And on the flip side of that, it is looking like there's this meme, like Penguins fans missing the playoffs by one point versus Sabres fans <laughs> missing the playoffs by one point. Because for the Sabres, this yeah. is like, oh my gosh, we almost got to the playoffs. And the Penguins are yeah. like, this is the worst season we've had in yeah, almost yeah. two decades. Like, oh my goodness, how? So funny. just recognizing the nuances there. And Love a nuance. Hell of a run. Hell of a run for the core three. Hell of a run for this team. I'm super proud to be a Penguins fan, but obviously looking forward to some changes this offseason and being back and better than ever next year. Talk about May hockey. It's something I haven't watched in a long, long time. I would say probably about 10 years. All right, Charlotte. And, and now you're going to have now some. now it's time. Let's, let's give a little quick shout out to New Jersey sports. Shout Usually out. We're not talking, 
Shout out to New Jersey sports. <laughs> Usually we're not talking New Jersey sports unless we're talking high school. But guess what? This year, this year is different. We're talking New Jersey Devils. They're playing the Rangers in the first round, which is, uh, speaking of storyline gold for broadcasters and journalists, my goodness, it's a gold mine for them. So that'll be fun to watch. Whoever wins, wins. I'm just happy to watch. So that's oh, my take on, on NHL. The Devils are dangerous this season. They really so are I this season. am excited to watch them. I actually, I'm sorry, Charlotte, I will be on the Rangers side of that fan base. That's okay. Whatever it is. My boyfriend's a big Rangers fan. So I have to, have to root for them, especially since my Penguins are out. I have no excuse. I need to find a picture of me. I went to the. 2012 Stanley Cup playoffs okay I couldn't even I was we my little cousin plays hockey and he we we always went to devil's games and I could I wasn't I was a fan but I was just there you know I was just you know watching the game but I appreciate the game and I appreciate New Jersey sports so let's go devils so we'll be watching Charlotte I'm excited it'll be a good matchup I think for sure though the very least. I think so too. Hopefully we get to seven games. I think that's always fun. I'm sure that you and Austin are both hoping for a four game sweep, but as a, as just a fan with no skin in the game now, I love to see the seven games. There's a new king in the NFL salary leaderboard because Jalen Hurts just became the highest paid NFL player in history with a five-year $255 million deal, including $179.3 million guaranteed. And it's all thanks to his agent, Miss Nicolin, our very own locker room lady from a few months ago, Charlotte. Shout out again. Now this is a landmark negotiation by Nicole Lynn and that entire clutch sports group. I mean, I love that it's called clutch sports too. I know. Right. They came in clutch with this deal. And I'm thinking about this in terms of the draft is coming up in a couple of short days here. And remember Jalen hurts. He did not get picked in. He didn't, he wasn't the first pick. He was picked 53rd. Yeah. 53rd overall. So, I mean, I'm going to be looking closely at these draft picks now. Pick number 53. <laughs> Who's pick number 53? And this was also, it was his, it, this was 2020. And now it's 2023 and he's the highest paid already. And he's been in the league for three years. You have guys like, you know, Josh Allen, like guys like that who've been in the league for so long now. It seems like so long. And to accomplish such a feat in just three years is a major testament to him as an athlete and to Nicole Lynn as an agent. And for those of you who need a refresher, Nicole Lynn, we talked about her on the podcast earlier. She actually pitched herself to Jalen Hurts to be his agent via Instagram DM. And he said she was so prepared and she definitely presented herself as the most qualified person. And that's why he picked her. And I just think that that is such a powerful thing like we always talk about you know like be the hardest working person in the room especially when you're a woman you have to show your worth a little bit more and you have to work a little bit harder than everyone else but in this case it paid off in dividends and she yes it's taken it all the way to the bank yes shout out Nicole Lynn and to Jalen Hurts but never to the Eagles because I <laughs> always wear blue on Sunday Charlotte, you'll be wearing blue on Sundays. We all know I'll be wearing black and gold. And I'm so excited to see the black and gold again very soon. And we'll talk about the draft next week. 
Super excited about it, Charlotte. Football is, I just feel like we're back there and I'm very excited for more. Oh my goodness, the draft is like my favorite time ever. We are almost there and there are a lot of uncertainties with the draft. Who's going to go first? Who's drafting the quarterback? Who needs this? But one thing, Maddie, we can be sure of. Of all of the nonsense and the unknowns is that possums do not belong (laughs) in the ballpark. (laughs) It's the possum's house now though, Charlotte. So let's see. Let's see. I want to see how long this possum is kicking. Is it a family? Is there a community of them? I have so (laughs) many questions. I think we need to make the trip to Oakland, Charlotte. I'm not kidding. I'm down. Let's do it. Until next week. Until next week, join us again for a very special draft preview episode. 